Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. We're a couple weeks late. We're uh, we're here though. I'm here with uh, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. What's up, people? What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Ricardo? Hey, Ricardo. Brandon. How's up? it going? Hey, peeps. <laughs> so uh, we're we're, uh, we're just coming to you from the winter wonderland of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, here on the shores of. Uh, beautiful hicks lake yep uh yeah so we, we've had what one 170 degree wet, uh day this year and uh not much even close to that so yeah, yeah. current temperature is 47 degrees winds out of south southwest <laughs> uh, we got series popping on here <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting time man it's, it's a weird, weird i got a weird weird feeling weird, weird vibes we're gonna get through this man you yeah. got we got jeremy you you're coming back from a, a procedure yeah, I had a and little... trying to bring energy, man. I know you're mustering all you can. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not a hundred percent. That's for sure. Um, I did have a super, uh, super pubic catheter placement, uh, which is where they basically like poke a hole in your stomach to your bladder and, uh, it's been a few complications along the way. It's been, uh, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, uh, yeah, just little wear and tear. A lot of anxiety about the whole a thing. A lot of anxiety going in and coming out. Um, but, yeah, we're here, man. We're still here for you. That's we're, what we're, we're doing. We're here for the people. Yeah, and then we got this crazy weather. We can't get no sunshine. A little vitamin D would help all our morale oh, a little bit. Man, for real. Uh, you can only drink so much coffee, dude. Well, and I can't even drink coffee right now. Oh, so. no wonder, man. Um, yeah, my my uh, tea anything? What do you have? Yeah, I've been uh, yeah, I've been drinking tea. So what's what's the deal with no coffee? Uh, urologist just said no coffee for a little bit. He's cool with tea. I mean, I didn't ask him about tea, so I'm assuming <laughs> tea is okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got caffeine in it, man. Yeah, exactly. But it's got like a third of the caffeine as a cup of coffee. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, hey, man. man per- you gotta have some some caffeine. It's the least they can do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, uh, de- you know, we, we do have a great guest this week. I actually recorded this podcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were going to try to get it out before, I guess, like the day of my surgery would have been the, the day this was originally slated to come out. But, uh, you know, circumstances precluded that from happening. But, yeah, we have a great guest, a gentleman named John McKenzie. And I really hope that his friends and family call him Johnny Mac because that's an awesome nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if yeah. they don't, I hope they hear this and decide to start calling him that now. But Pastor it's kind of hard to get a Johnny new Mac. nickname at, you know, 30. Reverend Johnny Mac. There you go. Reverend, yeah. So, Reverend yeah, John, John's a, you know, he has a crazy story, man. Got, I mean, he got thrown out of a car. Um, similar to so, you. Yeah. Very similar. I guess he only got kind of thrown halfway out of the car. Oh, but, yeah. Um, where where you got thrown all the way out? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, same kind sure of thing. Better, same yeah. age, you know, about the same age right. and high school some, there. To going going for a little ride with your buddies. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's you know he's from a small town in Massachusetts, and he said you know his his um, I started watching his uh, YouTube videos and following him on Instagram. He's just super positive, has just a great outlook on life, and he actually became a pastor after his injury 
and you know it said, said his family was very religious before and he you know all growing up and he never really was um until after and you know we but, talked about that a little bit and yeah well he went to church right and like most young people you know wasn't really into it as much as his parents were you know and he was on that uh highway to hell you would say kind of from understanding he didn't have any interest in school he didn't you know he dropped out he said he talked to his parents into letting him drop out of, of school and um getting, getting a job, a job yeah. yeah you know and that's one of the things that i talked to i had a neighbor kid like uh, this uh, nothing happened to him thank god uh, and he's pretty successful right now but he's in his early 30s and uh, i just always remember him saying he went to drop out of school drop out of school and he did and then a few months later he's going man this work stuff sucks it's you know young right. people that want to get out and get into work you don't understand how great high school is and college is because once you start on that treadmill of working you know it's a grind it can be a real grind you know having to get up at five in the morning to get into the traffic and yeah. all those yeah. things and then, so. then also in in the society you know where we have social media we have you know we look up to uh, music musicians actors and or rich people and money doesn't necessarily come that fast and you realize that real quick when you enter the workforce yeah, exactly. and you're starting at the bottom of the barrel specifically right. without any education well that's one of the things that uh, john talks about a little bit he touches on um not comparing yourself to others yeah right you know don't compare yourself to others and uh you know focus on yourself and you know be happy with your situation yeah i keep i keep telling people when i see they're having like um they're going through something and they're feeling like they're in a rut. And I just tell them like, you know, run your own race, man. This, this is, you know, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So just right. run your own race. Yep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's a good way to look at things for sure. Cause yeah, you can easily, um, especially with a spinal cord injury, you can see like people Dude. doing like great things. Absolutely. On, you know, like you watch like some of these you know, people like our art Renowitzki, our, our guy, art, the inspiration, he, he's out hooping man and playing professional basketball from a wheelchair, which is like crazy to me, like from, with my level of injury. So it's like, if I compare myself to that, like, man, I'm going to be in the dumps, you know, but you just gotta, yeah, you gotta live your own life, man. And, and really, uh, yeah, it's got to yeah. show gratitude, man. Yeah, show gratitude, like appreciate appreciate what you have for sure. And um, you know, I like I, th I think we talked a little bit about that, just kind of like how like how lucky we really are, like how how it could always be worse. Basically, it right. could be worse, and yeah. you have to appreciate what you have because you know other people would kill to have what you have. So yeah, I saw something today that said. Uh, your worst day someone would love to have your worst day yeah yeah in all aspects of yeah. life man yeah exactly. including spinal cord injuries so well let's uh let's get to johnny mack <laughs> john mckenzie uh and we will talk to you guys on the other side yeah enjoy everybody this week on the live to walk again podcast we are so excited to visit with John McKenzie. Uh, John is a digital creator, a motivational speaker, a church pastor, and a spinal cord injury and disability advocate. John, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. 
Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to, to come on and, and chat with you today. Yeah, I'm so glad we could do this. I know I've been following your Instagram page, the, the Wheel Life Official, uh, and it's, you know, you're, you just have so many, you know, positive and inspirational things on there that I just, yeah, I had to reach out and see if we could, could connect here. So yeah, thank you again. Oh, that's thank I thank you very much. Um, it's 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 that whole Instagram thing, you know, has really been a, a cool outlet to be able to to share my perspectives from the past almost 16 years now of being a being a quad. And it's 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 been a pretty cool experience to to meet people like yourself and and others who are going through the same thing and are pushing forward to 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 help make the world a better place for us Absolutely. in the situation we're in. Yeah, absolutely. So, you, you know, for anyone that doesn't already know your story and uh, how you were injured, you know, can you go over that with us? Just give us kind of a rundown of what exactly happened. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, uh, I grew up in Massachusetts, um, like had a normal childhood, you know, did all the things that are pretty standard issued. And um, when I was 17 years old, I was um, just hanging out with some friends and it was like the, towards the end of summer and I was going to head home. But one of my buddies asked me if I wanted to go for one last little joy ride around town. So I said, sure, why not? And it was about like nine o'clock at night or so. And I remember hopping into the back seat of his car and I was behind the, the passenger seat with about four or five other people in the car. And as we we're pulling out of the McDonald's parking lot, another car like load full of teenagers pulled up next to us. And he said to the driver of the car I was in, um, if you want to race, turn left. And the next thing I know, we're going hundred miles an hour down a two lane street. And we were in the opposite lane. We we're trying to pass the other car. And at the end of this long straightaway, there was a corner and we went around that corner and the car started to spin. It started to roll, rolled like three times, went up a banking, halfway up a tree. And the door that I was sitting next to in the midst of all this rolling came off. And so when the car landed, like the top half of my body from like probably my shoulders up were outside of the car and the rest of my body was in the car and the car had landed like sideways on my neck. So that's what broke, broke my neck and, and severed my spinal cord. And so that's how I got my um, spinal cord injury, um, C5, C6 quad. And, and from there, you know, I was in the intensive care unit for about six weeks or so. And from that point, I went on to physical therapy in Boston and was there for about four months. And, and then I, I came home and-, and So you know, how, how far are you outside of Boston? Uh, so I live in a real small town in Western Massachusetts. So Boston is like probably just about two hours from, from us. Um, so it's, it's a good little, little jaunt to get out there. Um, we live in like the country kind of area. Um, Boston was a big change from, from where I grew up, but you know, it was my whole injury from the time I was injured it was like, it was very, as, as many of us know, it was very challenging. You know, I was super sick, um, even all through rehab, you know, I never really had like even a solid day of, um, of therapy because I just, I couldn't sit 
up, my blood pressure would always drop, I pass out. And I was just very at death's door for a long time for probably the first five years total of my injury. Um, when I left, when I left Boston medical, you know, when you go to rehab, you're supposed to at least be able to come home and like sit up in your chair and have somewhat of a, of a understanding of what you're going to go through. And they shipped me home in an ambulance on a stretcher, you know? Um, so the first five years or so were real up and down with my health. I had a bunch of staph infections that I had to have surgeries on my hips and stuff. Um, but you know, um, it was, it was a wild time, but it, it helped me grow in a lot of different areas in my life. And you know, yeah, I, I saw your uh, YouTube video where you decided to interview your mom about your, about your injury and like that of her like response to that. Uh, and it was powerful. I mean, super, super powerful. I, and I suggest anybody go and check it out. I'll, I'll put a link to your YouTube channel on, uh, on the show notes here so people can check that out. But, um, you know, yeah, what was, uh, I guess, what was her, I, cause I'm, I'm assuming you're still living at home at that time. So, um, you know, you have to, did you guys have to do renovations to the house? Um, you know, what, what was that whole process like of coming home? And, and then you said, I, I had no idea you were, you were still on basically like just on a bed when you came home, not, not even able to really sit up in your wheelchair. Uh, I mean, my mom, um, she's a, she's a tough cookie. That woman is, you know, um, and, and she was my rock through, through most of it. You know, she never really left my side for the whole time I was in ICU and rehab. And, and when I came home, like us all, you know, it's a huge adjustment. It's a, it's a big deal. And thankfully the house that we lived in and still live in actually um, had doors that were wide enough to get a chair through. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of modifications. We had to get the bathroom redone. Um, definitely couldn't fit in there. It was tiny. Um, but so we had to get like the ramp and, um, the, but other than that, you know, the modifications to the house was, was pretty slim. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I, I think about it often because like, from my perspective, when I was injured, you know, you're, you're solely focused on, on survival and, and yourself in some aspects. And, now that I'm more stable and situated with my health, I think back on, you know, what must my mom have gone through when she had to see me suffer through all those things. And, and, you know, that must, I imagine that must, that must be rough on a parent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I think in, in that video, she said something like, yeah, she saw you laying like on a gurney or something and you were just like, yeah, mom, I think I, I yeah, I can't really feel my legs, but I think I'll be all right. Um, and so she thought you were going to be fine. And I think she was talking about her, her and your sister, maybe, or her and another family member were driving, you know, you were getting airlifted and they were driving there. It's like, he can't, he's, he's going to be fine. You know, they like just couldn't comprehend like what was going on, I guess, at that point. So. Yeah. Cause when I was initially injured that night and cause I was conscious through the whole accident, I remember everything, remember being pulled out and of, the, of the car and being put in the ambulance and, and when my mom came to the, our local hospital, I was still awake and I was conscious. I was talking. Um, I didn't realize I was paralyzed at that point. Um, but if you look back in like the medical records, I was complaining of um, not feeling my legs. Um, but like I was just saying, um, 
I was laughing in the bed and I was like, oh man, mom, I chipped a tooth, you know? Um, I thought that was like the biggest thing that happened that night, but uh, I was way off and, and she kind of put two and two together when she drove up to, I got life flighted from my local hospital to a bigger hospital in Worcester. And when she drove with my sister to there, they kind of put two and two together and were like, oh no, you don't think, you don't think he's paralyzed, you know, and, and they show up in the hospital and I'm in an induced coma. And the, the, she tells me the story of when she got there, the doctor pulled her into the small little room, threw up an x-ray on the, on the board and was like, you see this, this is your son's neck. It's broken. He's paralyzed for the rest of his life. And she just couldn't comprehend it. You know, she didn't know what it meant because um, none of us were really familiar with spinal cord injuries or any of that leading up to it. Right. Yeah, I don't think many people really know what, you know, know about spinal cord injuries until they, they, they or a loved one goes through something like this. So yeah. uh, that's definitely understandable. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so I, my, my thought is, so I have, I, I live out in Washington State and, and where I went to, where I had to go to rehab at was about 30 minutes from my house, but it's, it's also really close to a lot of my family member, like extended family. So I had people there constantly, um, you know, if you're two hours away from your home, man, that must've been, that must've been really tough going, going through that. I mean, obviously you said your mom was by your side like the whole time, but um, you know, just other friends and family trying to come in and be there for you. I mean, that must've been, been, been a lonely situation being so far away from home. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, Again, like I think in that point, you know, we were so focused on just like keeping me alive through those months. I didn't overly even like think about all that stuff. Um, it wasn't until I got home, which is kind of different. Um, but I know the people I've talked to in our community, you know, it's kind of something they've all been through in a sense is, is you know, a lot of people who I were close to and a lot of the people who I were really good friends with just completely and utterly fell off the face of the earth, you know? Um, it was just, it was, it was a real lonely time those first couple of years in my injury, cause I was still young, you know, 17, 18. And, you know, you think your friends are always gonna be there for you. And, and when stuff rough happens, you, you expect them to, but it, it wasn't like that. But I know I'm not the only person who has had that experience in our situations, um, but thankfully, my mom, my sister, my nieces, um, my dad at the time um, were all really, really there for me and, and kept me pushing. That's good. That's good. Uh, so were you able to go back to school then? Like how long until you were able to get back into, into high school? So were you a senior or junior at that time? So, yeah. So my educational background is about just as messy as my whole spinal cord injury. Um, growing up, I was very rebellious. I hated school with a passion. I don't think I made a full week in my entire life. Um, and so when I was 15 years old, I made an agreement with my mom and dad that if I can drop out, I'll get a job. And, you know, they just were, they were over dealing with fighting with me to get me into classes. So I actually left school two years before I was even injured. So oh, I didn't, wow. I didn't have that excuse to say, you know, my spinal cord injury made me drop out of school or whatever. Um, but it ended up after my injury about a year later, 
I got my GED. Um, and then a few years after that, I ended up going back to college and getting getting a degree, um, which is something I never thought in a million years I would do. But when you go through something like this, sometimes it causes you to, to reevaluate things. And I discovered the value of education and growing your mind and, and learning, learning new things. Yes. I mean, sometimes it takes you, I guess, being outside a crappy way to get outside of your bubble to, uh, to, to realize that, but yeah. That's, uh, that's good that you were able to, to do that. What, what did you end up getting a degree in? Well, so I went to um, Liberty University, but I went, I went, I did my, all my school online, which worked out pretty well for me. Um, and I got a degree in Christian ministries. Um, so that's what, that's what my degree's in. Very um, cool. Well, that transitions right into my next question for you anyway. It was, you know, um, it seems like in, in a lot of your posts and, and obviously being a, a church pastor um, and now knowing your degree, it seems like faith uh, and, and religion are big you know, motivation in your life. Was it was it always like that for you or um, is that something you kind of discovered after your your injury? I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I went to ch church. I should say I got dragged to church a lot as a kid. Um, and I never really paid attention. You know, I always, in some sense, believed God was real. And, you know, I accepted Jesus as my savior when I was like 13. But as I grew up into my teen years, like I said, I was very rebellious. I drifted way away from that stuff. Um, and if you met me back then, you would have never guessed in a million years that I was a Christian or that someday I would end up being a pastor. Um and so it, it, it was always there in my life because my mom has very strong faith. And so did my gram who lived with us. And so it was always there in the background, but it was nothing I took seriously until I was injured. And when I woke up in the intensive care unit, um, my mom kept like this journal of things that I would, would say between my ramblings. And she would, um, I would just keep saying how I want this, this accident to be used to help others. And, um, and I never knew what that would look like, but I knew God had a plan and a purpose for my life. Um, it took a long while to, to figure out what that plan and what that purpose would look like. Um, but yeah, my faith played a, a huge role in my recovery and my ability to, to go through trials and, and things like that. And I know in our community, what I've seen a lot of is there's usually, there's usually two two reactions when you get injured or you have a disability. It's you either run away from God and get mad or you run towards him, you know? Um, and I ran or rolled towards him. Um, but, you know, we all have our different journeys and our, our different paths and belief systems, but that's faith played a huge role and still does in my life. Yeah. That comment there that you made that, um, you know, we all have our own journeys and our own uh, decisions to make with that. Um, really reminds me, um, so I'm not like a, an overly religious person, but um, I feel like in a lot of your videos, it's really refreshing that you're just like, you know, you kind of like lay it out there like this is, this is what I believe. This is, you know, how I see things. 
and if you don't that's okay which is is very cool so it's not like overly you know it's not like really pushing your beliefs on other people it's just kind of putting it out there and, and i think that's uh that's really that i think that's one of the the draws to you that that i had when i when i was watching some of your videos so yeah that's that's very very cool um you know, and when, when I guess, when did you actually become uh, a pastor and get your degree and, and all of that? So, you know, um, like I said, when I was newly injured and I was like, just barely opened my eyes, I knew that I wanted to use this in some aspect of my life and I didn't know what it would look like. And so I ended up going back to church um, after my accident, after I got healthy enough to, um, and I still didn't know what it would look like. I still didn't have like pastoring in my mind or anything like that. I just knew I wanted to be able to, to help people in some way, shape or form. And I ended up reaching out after it started to kind of click in my head as I started like volunteer at church and stuff. And I reached out to um, Johnny Erickson Tata. Um, she's a quad and um, she has a huge ministry. And I reached out to her um, ministry team and I I just told them my story a little bit and they sent like a representative to to the house and they were talking about different things that you can do and different opportunities and she's the lady suggested that maybe I look into going to college and so I was like okay and the next day I enrolled in Liberty and it took me a while to get my degree because of setbacks, you know, um, I'd have a great semester, things would go wonderful, and then I'd have to have a surgery or whatever, and I'd miss two semesters. So to get my four-year degree, it took like six years. So it was, it was a while, a worthwhile journey, but like anything, you know, you have to work hard for, for something if it's good. And so I, I graduated, I mean, oh, I'm 30, I'll be 33 in like a month and I didn't get my degree till I was like 29 um so it was a, it was a long time and through that whole time though I was serving in churches in different roles um with youth groups and kids ministries and a big part of my life pre-covid was going to drivers drivers ed classes and and sharing my story and and right before the pandemic hit in my hometown I, I started a church plant and um, it was going real well, but it was January, 2020 um, when we planted it. And who knew four months later, the world was gonna fall apart. <laughs> so that kind of fizzled out. And right now we're just trying to um, figure out where we'll, where we'll wind up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was gonna ask you about that as well. Cause I did see some, uh, some of your posts and your YouTube videos about that you had started this, uh, you started a church in, in, yeah, right before the pandemic, and that it just really, uh, you know, getting shut down, every, everything got shut down, so you can't have church services either, and um, yeah, that I was going to ask, so is that something you're going to, looking into trying to, to get back going? I mean, is it like, that's kind of off the board right now, completely, and, and you're looking at re restarting it, or, or how's that all working? Well, like what happened was it got kind of stopped because of the pandemic and we when things were lull and it seemed like the pandemic was slowing down we tried to restart it and so we did that like three times and it just got to the point you know it was like we can't keep starting and stopping and starting and stopping right. it just looked like there were so many barriers in the way and and i just i i said you know what we're just gonna pray about it and see see what the next coming months hold and then one night at like 11 p.m., this pastor from a couple of towns over 
texts me who I've never talked to before. And he was like, hey, um, I've seen you online. Are you pastoring anywhere right now? And I was like, no, we started something, but it didn't, didn't work out. And so right now I'm serving in a church a few towns over, and I'm a candidate for um, to be placed in a church that's like 45 minutes from my house. So it doesn't look like we'll be starting back up what we started, but um, I'll be pastoring somewhere within the next few months, hopefully. Um, yeah, what kind of strain will that um, being being that it's going to be forty five minutes away is that going to going to put a strain on you? You're going to have to like move to that town to to make it work, or how's uh what's your plan, or have you even gotten that far down the road yet? I'm trying to get that far down the road, you know. Um, but as we know, there's it's it's kind of hard to plan too far in advance sometimes. But um, the plan is like you know I've lived in this house that I'm in now since pre-injury um it's been a long time i've lived in the same town my whole life um and so if i get the job that's 45 minutes away what i'll do is i'll at least stay here for like a year and if it's gonna work out and i'm gonna be there long term then i'll end up having to move out there just for you know you want to be near your congregation to help and and do all those things without having to drive like 45 to 50 minutes away and it is it is going to put um it'll put a strain on our my body and and my time and and things like that but but it's it's at the same time it's good to have those um those outlets and the place to put your mind and and your talents and get to work you know (laughs) absolutely absolutely you know i know that uh john a lot of your posts um are super helpful for anybody dealing with a spinal cord injury or a family member of somebody dealing with a spinal cord injury. Uh, you know, you show how to transfer and, and um, like how to do things from your wheelchair. But then you also posted, I saw, I watched your, your tattoo video about how, you know, you had, you'd always wanted tattoos and you're, you're like, my mom was cool enough to let me get one when I was uh, a little bit before my accident. And then you've kind of continued on with that. And then you, you explain like what, what you have to do if you are getting a, a spinal cord or if you have a spinal cord injury, you're getting a tattoo below your level. So I've got a few as well um, since my injury. And yeah, I mean, is, it, where did kind of the, the motivation to, to put these videos out and, and to just be help inform people and, you know, help people with, that are injured see different ways of doing things? Yeah, you know, like, like I, I mentioned a little bit, like how my rehab stay wasn't the most productive, you know, because I was so sick, I didn't get a lot of the initial rehab that I needed. And when I came home, most of what I learned, and most of like, learning how to transfer or learning how to do this or that, I learned on YouTube. <laughs> you know, I would, okay. I would Google things. And I, I mean, this was like, before, like, there were like influencers or, or whatever, you know, it was like, these terrible grainy quality photos of of these quads doing their thing you know and I would watch them and I'd get so motivated and and they would whether they realize it or not you know they played such a huge role in my recovery and my drive to get as independent as I possibly can and so when I got to a point a couple years it really started when the pandemic happened you know um, I had a lot of time on my hands and I was like you know I want to I want to be able to help someone who's newly injured the same way that those people helped me, you know, um, I, I had a lot of knowledge and I think like, what, what, 
would 17 year old John like to go on Instagram or whatever and hear from someone who's been injured for 15 years or, or how can I help pass on what I've learned through, through this injury to the next generation? Um, so like that, that's kind of where the, the motivation came from, you know, to help others because I was helped so greatly through the avenues of social media and um, YouTube really. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I've seen that with a few people kind of in the spinal cord injury community. It seems like, cause I know like my, the podcast actually got easier for me to do once the pandemic hit because everybody's now we have zoom so we can actually, I mean, I was doing it through uh, just through the phone or whatever. So it's like, it's much better to me being able to like actually see your face and have a conversation with you as opposed to just doing it over the phone. And I can't see your reaction to one of my questions and, you know, maybe you think I'm a moron for asking this or that, and I, but I can, I can feel it out a lot better with, uh, with actually being able to see. So, but I, I think a lot of people really use the, um, the pandemic as, as, you know, you're either going to, going to stop or you're going to, going to work harder. So I think a lot of people in our community have done that, which is awesome. Um, I want to know what kind of feedback you've received on, on the videos, like, uh, and kind of both from, from the disability community and then also from from maybe the able-bodied community and what what kind of feedback you've received from just kind of both sides of the coin. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, largely the the feedback's been been pretty good. You know, um, people seem to to enjoy the content that that I put out. Um, there are some people, you know, who will disagree with things here and there, but but that's that's the internet, right? Um, I can say something's green and they'll yell at me because it's not the right shade of green. Um, but thankfully overall, the, um, the people have been really cool and and even the people who disagree, I, I don't mind it because like it sparks conversations that need to, need to be had, you know? Um, uh, we had a post a, a few weeks ago about like invisible disabilities or something and that sparked huge conversations and it was it was really kind of cool you know to to get everyone's different viewpoints and opinions um and like the able-bodied people that see it um i mean i i I think they i've had a few people who like say like um one that stood out to me was like her daughter's homeschooled and and they'll go on my page and like, they'll be able to learn so much about like what a spinal cord injury is and how it affects people differently. And I, I thought that was, thought that was pretty cool, cool to hear, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely. Is there one video or like kind of informational post you've put out that's gotten more uh, response than any of the others that stands out in your mind? I mean, on, on the Instagram when I've, um, the most popular like reel I've had was a few weeks ago, like when I showed like what function that I have as a quadriplegic, um, like showing um, how my arms still work and yet my hands don't and how quadriplegic, you know, means like an impairment in four limbs um, rather than just being completely paralyzed from the neck down all the time. You know, that's, that, that's probably the most popular one I've had. And, and there, there are a few others, but you know, I just, I, um, I never really have a plan for what I'm going to do that week or, or what I'm going to talk about. It's just like, I, sometimes things will come to me at 2am and I'll jot them down in my notes and I'll just, I post it and hope that someone who sees it will benefit from it. Um, wow, that's awesome. Did, did you have any hesitation or, or nervousness about kind of putting yourself out there and, 
you know, cause I know you do transfer, like you have some videos where you're transferring, where you're brushing your teeth, like all kinds of stuff, you know, from, from just from your perspective and on what's helpful. So uh, did it, did it take you, I mean, do you have to do a few takes and you're like, no, I don't like that one or whatever. And I have to, you know, I want to, I want it to look perfect or, uh, I mean, oh, yeah. just, just any, any hesitation with, with getting out there and, and doing that stuff? Oh yeah. You know, if you would have asked John of, of 10, 11, 12 years ago to, to do that, you know, um, I would have been a lot more hesitant than I am now because, you know, I, I wasn't as, I wasn't as comfortable in my own skin, you know? Um, and like, I was really hung up on when I was newly injured of like wanting to be fully independent, like no help, no nothing, you know? And, yeah. but as I, as I grew and as I learned more, you know, you can be independent as long as you're directing your care. You know, um, if you need help and, and you direct someone to help you with it, in my opinion, that's independence. And um, so like back in the day, if, if I would have posted something and it would have shown me struggling, I would have been, I would have been really nervous about it. And I, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have posted it. Um, so like, yeah, but there are still times where I'll, I'll do something and I'm like, oh, that, that don't look right at all. <laughs> and sometimes I'll just, I'll, I'll say to myself, I shouldn't post this. Um, I feel weird. Or like, if like my, my Foley bag is showing or something and like, oh, I don't want, but Hey, I'm, I'm a quadriplegic, you know, I've survived. You know, if you don't like it, don't look at it. This is, this is me. This is who God created me to be. And, and um, it is, it is what it is. And but that's not an attitude I've always had. That's something that's kind of in probably the last five years, you know, kind of gotten stronger, which I'm, which I'm thankful for. Um, because, you know, once you, once you stop caring really about what people think life gets a lot easier. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I just have a couple of questions left for you here. And I, I wanted to know um, I just interviewed, a guy named Dane Cross. Uh, he's part of a um, Cross Family Adventures, I think, on, okay. on uh, Instagram. They're pretty awesome. They go on. They have a. It's a. He's got a spinal cord injury, and is and he has a wife. And I know you just recently got married. Congratulations on that. Um, you know, uh, and they have two children. And um, so, is that something that you you and your wife are going to pursue eventually as well? We would love to have kids, you know, um, whether that's through natural means or through eventually adoption, we're not sure how that's going to play out and work. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll, if we'll have to go like, I know a lot of people go through IVF and, and things uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he said that's what they ended up having to do. He said, yeah. whatever you do, don't, when, when you talk about having another child, don't tell your wife that the sleepless nights were too hard because he said that, you know, he's not getting up to change diapers. So uh, once he's in bed, he's in bed. So he said that that was, that was the one mistake he made was uh, telling his wife that he couldn't handle any more sleepless nights. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so you guys are eventually going to, going to pursue that. We, we would like to, that's for sure. You know, we, we got a lot of love to give and would love to, to have a, a couple little ones running around. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, but we'll, we'll see. You know, we we hope so, and we pray so, and we we hope so. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, and and I anybody like I said, I'm going to attach your YouTube channel to the podcast, and 
the the video that you did of your vows uh, you at your wedding was was very beautiful and, and yeah I suggest everybody go check that out as well um, and and then kind of like my last question for you here John I just want to know if you uh, have any advice for someone who's newly injured like what what would you tell 17 year old John as you know 33 year old John what would you tell what would you tell your younger self you know um I wish I had the perfect advice but I don't know if that exists um but like looking back at my life and from my experience you know I would tell 17 year old John you know that that it's going to be okay you know um this life living a spinal cord injury is it's hard it's it's not easy there's there's usually more downs than there are ups um but it's it's worth living and it's worth fighting for and you know i would i would try to encourage someone who's newly injured to try to find in themselves the acceptance you know that yeah um you might not be as independent as you want to be you might have to to cath or use a suppository or things you might feel ashamed about um and you might try to hide that for years like i did and you know um it's tiring sometimes you know um we're disabled and and that's okay and but there's so much fun there's so much joy there's so much love to still be had in this life whether you're sitting on four wheels or or walking around you know um so i just encourage them to to, to keep pushing forward and Try to push yourself to to be as independent as possible without without being down on yourself if if you don't get to where you think you should be. Don't compare yourself to other people either. <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing that when I was newly injured. I'd see other quads doing things that I felt like I should be doing, and you know we're all we're all on our own paths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, none of these injuries are the same, so you got to remember that for sure. Um, I think that's great advice. So, and that just thought, made me think of another question. So you're all, I mean, your videos are so positive. You're so, you're always like putting out such a, a, you know, yeah, just a positive, happy face to everything. I mean, and you got to have down. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that that's important that you just said that there, there are down times to this thing. It's not all, um, you know, positive and 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 happy it's you, you have to you go through it and, and i'm sure you you have those same same uh same days there's there's definitely bad days with this injury so um but yeah I think you, there are a lot of good things too and and we're alive man you know it's it's that's a that's a good thing at the end of the day no it's not all sunshine and rainbows that's for sure um but but it's it's worth living and you know there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to be had in this life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, that, that makes me think this. I always, I always think, and I don't like to make it like, you know, it, it's, I always feel like it could be worse, right? Like we could be on ventilators or, you know, like the, the guys that are dealing with ventilators, guys and guys and girls that are dealing with ventilators, like that's, that would be so tough, man. Like just adding that on top of what we already deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is, is crazy so i think you just have to keep it in perspective right and yeah, perspective perspective is key you know um in yeah. most everyone's life even able-bodied people's and you, you're so right you know um 
I, I was on the vent for about four months after my injury and that was just a small small taste of it you know and it's it's I mean there are so many tough people in our community you know who go through such such hardships yet they still have a smile on their face regardless and exactly it's it's always i feel like it's easier to to put yeah put a smile on and be positive than it is you know there's all we have the moments you know when we're like i I at least yeah i try not to i if i'm around other people i try not to like be moping around or whatever i try to you know i'm just happy and grateful that to be around people or whatever the case may be so um, I think that's, that's definitely, it's, it's easier to be happy than, than sad, I think. So. Oh yeah. I always say one of my, one of my life quotes, I guess you'd call it. I've my, I've always heard growing up and it really stuck with me after my injury is there ain't no use crying over spilt milk. <laughs> you know, what's happened has happened. Um, yes, it's hard, but it's, you can either spend your whole life crying about it or you can move forward and, and try to live it the, the best you can um again that doesn't mean there's not bad days or you should like just shun those bad days but but it's it's important to if you feel bad if you're having a hard time you know feel it accept it and use it as fuel to move forward (laughs) absolutely well john mckenzie i appreciate you man we'll be uh rooting for you to to get that church going uh in the town nearby and and rooting for you and your wife uh, and your your hopes of having a baby and yeah maybe we can uh connect again in the future and have another conversation get an update from you you got it all right thanks so much man we'll talk soon all right thank you thanks all right that was john mckenzie uh thank you again to him for coming on and sharing his story with us and and uh you know he's preacher he's trying to i guess he, he had started a church right before the pandemic which sucks because uh, that you know just didn't didn't take off he said they were getting good traction and then you know no more church service in person so hard to hard to keep a, a group of people together i think if you you're just starting out when you know when you can't be in person together so yeah you, you know he seems like he's getting getting it back together though and he's gonna i guess he's uh, thinking about taking a position with another church he said a bit a little ways from his house so um, it'd yeah, be interesting cool. to uh, see him online when he gets back online you know to uh, attend one of his services online to yeah see. i would love to yeah because you know he's a pretty dynamic guy uh, one of the things i really enjoyed about the interview you had with him here jeremy was that um uh he made lemonade out of the lemons that life handed him you know, true. he was kind of going down this run path. He even said, you know, he never imagined himself getting a college degree, really being anything, you know, a million times different. He saw his life being than what it is right now, you know, and um, that takes a lot of um, self-determination, a lot of um, get up and go, a lot of uh, I'm not going to let w- one thing define my life. You know how many people you know, in life, you know, you have a bad breakup with a girlfriend in high school and, you know, you're, you know, young people are now killing themselves over stuff like that. Yeah. Right. You know, there's that case of the texture where mm. the suicide thing. Right. But you can't let your life define, get defined by circumstance. Right. You have to make the best of every situation. And John definitely has done that. Yeah. He, I would say yeah. it was almost like a rebirth. 
Yeah. For him. Yeah. Yeah. In and, a way. And every day seems, you know, he seems to have that message that, you know, you can decide what kind of day it's going to be, you know, um, and whether you're able-bodied or quadriplegic, it's really up to you. Right. And, you know, and that's a pretty powerful message. And it's a, it's a good thing to keep in your mind. I know that you can't think about that every day. Like today when I woke up, I thought it was Saturday <laughs> at 530 this morning. And Gina goes, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I got to go to about work to send in a wellness check on <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> you know, so the life of a, of a retired, yeah, late, exactly. laid off slash retired uh, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so my life was gold and hers is not so much, yeah, but no, everything's good, but yeah, but it really, really, really good interview, Jeremy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. I, I enjoyed the conversation too. And you know, I, I felt like I was a little bit harsh when I was like, Oh, I'm not religious. And I like the, you're not pushy with it or whatever, but I, I didn't like, I listened, like when I went right after we recorded, I was like, I'm going to have to cut that out. And then I went back and listened to it and I didn't sound like no, a I negative thing to me because yeah. I, I mean, I think that's true, man. Some people can be like over the top with, with pushing religion on people or whatever the case may be. But I think he's really, really open because he got the COVID shot, right? When a lot of, a lot of people probably didn't agree with that. And um, one, whatever whatever side of it you're on and he he like told his experience with it on one of his YouTube videos told how he felt how um, you know why he made his decision and you know he's like you can accept it or not but it's my decision like basically my body my choice yeah um, and and I just like that really stuck out to me so I, I wanted to bring that up but felt like I might not have like got it across the way that I wanted to, but um, I think it's still, I think it was still relevant. Well, I, so. uh, I think probably, you know, he's going to be a little more relatable to a much broader reaching audience with that tactic. Um, yeah. And I think that comes through in the podcast interview yeah. with you um, because I think that, religion is great for a lot of people but it's not great for everybody and i don't think that's what he's necessarily trying to say it's just that that was the passion that found him and that was what what he uses to um spread his message of especially about his story so you know everybody has a different story we've had so many of them on this podcast well and the thing about john man he's like just a genuine guy because he yeah. he actually messaged me um, the day of my surgery to be like, hey, I just want to check in, make sure you're okay, hey, man. all that, and then uh, so yeah, I mean that that's just uh, you know that's just a thoughtful person, man. A yeah, real absolutely. Person, so yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think yeah, that and, was cool. And religion, you know, is it's it's really complicated. I remember uh, a few years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, the boys were sitting around with some of their friends and they were talking about religion and. Um, People like to get defined. I think it was all because of, um, you know, the stuff that was going on with uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and and the Muslims and stuff like that. And it's like, um, you know, there's religious views and interpretation, but then there's also just spiritualism, mm. right? And, yeah. you know, I define myself as a Catholic, as a Roman Catholic, but I don't push any of those um views on anybody right because i think it's all personal right because when in the end my dad once said you know when he was in vietnam and he said did you ever see anybody die and he goes yeah and they said well 
how did you know, you know? And he says, well, they were either asking for God and asking for their mother. Yeah. And I said, well, um, and he said, and, and then he just unprompted, he said, the people that were religious asked for God. <laughs> I, said, I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, because the other ones didn't have strong enough faith. <laughs> so, and that was just my dad's view of it. But, um, you know, it was, it's, it's, it's just a really complicated thing. It's, was your it's, dad I think, a pretty religious man? Yeah, he was very Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think the thing is, is that, uh, I even remember once going through catechism and um, it must have been like 10 or 11, first or second grade. And and we were living in Germany at the time and we had this uh, Italian priest, Father Agostino, and uh, we had learned about the uh, Bushmen of the Kalahari. And I was really troubled that these guys weren't going to go to heaven. And uh, I remember talking to him about it and he said, uh, he says, you know, as long as they don't break the laws of their fathers. God will let them into heaven. <laughs> and I always was at peace with that, yeah. you know? Well, so, I think, I think yeah. at that point, um, <laughs> you're really starting to get into theological beliefs yeah, because yeah, exactly. there are differing beliefs yeah. on what gets you into heaven. Yeah. If it's just the, the thought or the belief alone or the acts that yeah. get you there. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, maybe just, maybe the spirituality and beating the dogma might be the way for some people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, but anyhow, nonetheless, John was great. Uh, I really appreciated you uh, having that interview with him. Yeah. yeah. Me, and, me and Brandon, I just want to tell the story real quick. We used to go to church because my dad would be like, we'll take you guys out to eat breakfast or whatever after <laughs> church. That's so would be like, all right. And then we'd be like, slumped down in our pews, like starting to nod off. And like, we'd get the elbow in our, oh, in our side, like with the you know wake up what the hell's wrong with you guys quit snoring but yeah quit snoring what the hell but anyway no i mean yeah i just never i think because we didn't like probably start going to church at a young age maybe it didn't like well i i I think like like uh john i was a lot like him where i was forced to go to church a lot with my grandparents and catholic church right and and like just like he said never paid attention like all i could remember was as soon as communion time came around i was like all right this is about to be over yeah it's like 15 more minutes after two hours of just you know well in catholic services man they know how to scare the scare oh yeah, Jesus, scare oh, yeah. God yeah i was listening though yeah. That's true. It's also I was pretty young. I, I can remember going to some youth groups. Later. Well, we went to we when we were kids in Germany. We went to church on Wednesdays, yeah. Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. <laughs> yeah, there's wow. a, yeah. a lot of days of church. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've experienced quite a few churches, and I, I I honestly think like for me, church. I'm a little bit envious of it, not from um, the aspect of you know being saved by jesus but more like the community that's yeah, built exactly. within a yeah. church man. and i think that's why we went you know we i never complained about going yeah. i know my brother did my brother hated it yeah. but um but I, I i like that uh, sense of fellowship in the community Absolutely. and it wasn't always you know a bunch of religion no you know, no it was the, the your throat. Yeah. dinners and yeah. parties yeah. and yeah. helping your neighbor move or you know those types of things are are yeah, I definitely we, can understand it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand the the allure of it or the the draw of it to people. Um, but yeah, I just it's early. It's on Sundays. 
Football's on Sunday. It's tough. Well, you know. Don't but, be uh, blasphemous, Jay. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> but, no, I, yeah, once again. Jesus I loves football. You know this, man. Oh, yeah, and the man. Seahawks. He wouldn't have made Tom Brady. That's true, man. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, uh, I just want to thank uh, John McKenzie once again, man. And he's he's amazing. I'd go follow him. Um, on We're going to put all of his notes in all the notes for his uh, contact info in the, the show notes. So check those out. Um, his, you know, he's, he's just got married. He's got a beautiful wife and yeah, congratulations to them. Um, I really, you know, he, they, they put their wedding vows on, on one of their YouTube videos and it's beautiful. So, uh, check that out. Uh, and I'll probably put a link to the, I might just put post the, the link of their wedding vows right on the podcast page, but also a link to their YouTube channel so you can check them out. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Sorry it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, we're back, and I think we will be a little more regular. We might be off next week, but um, wanted to get this one out for sure. Well, so no, thank you, Jeremy, for pushing through, man, and getting this podcast out for everyone to hear and enjoy, and and just know that you're what you're doing for for the spinal cord community and sharing everybody's story. Uh, appreciate it man yep and we wish you a quick recovery here yep. chair thanks guys yeah we'll be back at it sooner than later all right talk to you all soon and and thank you for listening go check this out you can rate review share like all that good stuff uh we're on all the pl- podcast platforms uh, thank you in advance and we will talk to you next time peace out